It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL, who will be the Raiders quarterback? This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who, who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness? Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now. Sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT in studio today with Bobby as we open up the combine in Vegas with many teammates in Indy on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Silver and Black. Thanks for listening. A lot to get to. Josh McDaniels kind of had his first State of the Union today. This is a big day because the head coach speaks, the GM speaking, and they got quarterback interviews. This is a great day to be on the radio with opinions, informative, passionate opinions from the fans of the Raider Nation on top of what I have to say. We're brought to you by P.T.'s Tavern 64-plus locations where locals go for great food, cold beer, happy hour, and to cheer on the Knights and the Raiders. Follow them at P.T.'s Tavern on social media. And I'll get a little bit later on to the Golden Knights, who were a no-show against the world champions. Really? A no-show? Against the world champions, that is not good. And uh, I tell you what I think, and I'll tell you about that a little bit later on in the show. Josh McDaniel spoke today. I think many people missed it because it was early. If you heard it live, great. I got up and watched it live on my phone on Raider social media, and he answered every question in front of him, every single question in front of him. Then he went to SiriusXM. Uh, that's the company I work for at night, and he spoke. We have a soundbite from that coming up here. So with everything that went down today so far and the interviews that they're going to start doing and all the quarterbacks that they're meeting, this is go time. So how can you participate in the program? Very simply this. The coach spoke today. He gave you his vision of what's happening here. You know, a lot of Raider fans give this guy a hard time. They really do. And a lot of Raider fans should kind of hope that he's on the right path with the GM because Raider fans want to win. And it's going to be a long time from this entire offseason throughout the entire regular season. And then the Super Bowl's in Vegas, and we should all be pulling in the same direction. There's a small, small, small minority of fans who just want to be negative. They're always pissed off. They don't believe in anything. They don't like anything that anybody says. And they're loud, but they're not really loud in person. They're loud in social media. And they want to do that, and they want to continue to do that. And look, if they call into the show and they want to be critical, I put them up, as long as they show respect. But it's very personal for a lot of Raider fans now. They feel slighted, they feel burnt out, they feel pissed off, and they want answers. So we'll try to give you some answers from the press conference earlier today, and we'll try to get your opinion on what we can do to get this team to the next level. You see, that would be my ultimate scenario and my best-case scenario, is have every so-called Raider fan pulling in the right direction, even the ones who were pissed off and negative. 
You know who they are. I just wish they would pull in the right direction until the games are played. And then when the games are played, if the team doesn't play well, then all bets are off. But at this time of year, knowing that the coach is back, the GM is back, certain players are going to be back and they're going to try to get better players in here, you would assume that there'd be more Raider fans going, you know, I'm pretty optimistic. I think this plan, like it or not, if they nail it and they have a good offseason quarterback draft, free agency, things can turn around. And if you're not one of those people, then I can't change you. I'm not here to change you. I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm not going to be negative in February, March, and April. I'm not. I'm not going to be this guy that beats my head into a wall every day and wakes up and my wife's looking at me, man, what's wrong with you? And just negative and go to bed at night and I roll over and I can't sleep because I'm freaking out. You know, when the season starts, I got plenty of time to do that. I'm not doing it now. This is the off season, and we're trying to find the positives that are going on. If you don't think there's anything positive to talk about going forward, then just listen. Try to listen to the show, and we'll give you some good content here. If you are positive going forward and you want to lead the charge with a big show that has a big streaming audience with Raider fans all over the world, bring something to the table. Tell me what you'd like to see happen this week. I'll go first. I think what I need to see happen this week is the Raiders got to come out of Indy with their young quarterback before the workout. They have to sit down and get him on the whiteboard and have some interviews and be able to find out one quarterback that, as Vinny Bonsignor says, they fall in love with. I think that's really important. If it's Richardson, if it's Levis, if it's Stroud, if it's Bryce Young, if it's a quarterback later in the draft, Find that guy, put him down, talk to him, interview him, get to know him to the point where you're so comfortable that you're going to get the right guy if he falls to you or if you got to trade up and get him. Do that work and make it so it's not going to be obvious to scouts. There's a lot of scouts. Dave Ziegler goes around the room with all of his scouts. Who do you like? Who do you like? Not everybody's on the same page, but maybe they could come out of this week so productive with their interviews that they have a head start because they should have a head start because Patrick Graham was the head coach for one of the teams at the Reese's Senior Bowl. So they have a head start with the talent and interviews and practice and evaluation. So if everything goes right this week, and then they're able to interview players, because we know what's happening at the Combine, a bunch of guys in gym shorts and tank tops who are ripped and are lifting weights and running the 40, we all know that. But the interview process is really important here because we are all led to believe, and I'm at the front of the line, that this scouting department's going to be much better than the scouting departments before it. Not that there weren't good scouts here and there sprinkled in on the last couple of regimes, but you know they're going all in that they got the better scouts, the better system, and the better evaluation on trying to figure out who's going to be the players for the Raiders going forward. And if you're not in on that, if you don't buy into that, I'm shocked. I really am shocked. If you don't at least buy into that, I'm not talking about the play calling. I'm not talking about the players they haven't drafted any yet this year. But if you don't believe deep down inside that Dave Ziegler and his entire scouting staff that was brought over from organizations that won more and have evaluated talent better than this organization has evaluated talent in the last 10 years, then there's no way of bringing you back. There's no way that I can bring you back into the room. You're done. You're toast. The only way you're going to come back is if the Raiders start off 3-0 and or 4-1, and and then all of a sudden you're back in again and you're rah-rah, Raider Nation, this is great. But i got to find some people here over the summer 
who are going to buy into the system, at least on the evaluation process, and then we'll see what happens. I mean, the evaluation process probably shouldn't be worse than Henry Ruggs III, Damon Arnett, Alex Leatherwood, and Cleland Farrell. Would you agree? Anybody agree with that statement? That's a pretty bold statement for me because the other regimes got some pretty good players from Derek Carr to Max Crosby to Hunter Renfro, you know, bringing in players from the outside free agents like Casey Hayward, Denzel Perryman, you know, other Colt Miller. So there's been some positives along the way, but there's been so many swing and misses that it has put the organization backwards in regards to a talent, talent level of depth. And Josh McDaniels, I'll get to that, spoke about that. So you at least, I would think, would agree with me or meet me halfway that this team that they inherited had so many bad number one picks that it put the team backwards. But a lot of the people I'm talking to are like, well, JT, you won 10 last year. You should win 12 this past year. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way when you got to get rid of Alex Leatherwood, who's a bust. You're still on the hook for Cleland Farrell, who never lived up to the hype. You, you took Damon Arnett in the first round, and Henry Ruggs is sitting, uh, getting ready to go to jail. And what do, you, what do you think this team was going to do? Go from 10 wins to 13? Yeah, I'm dealing with some people that really believe that this team, that Rich Basaccia, along with the Gruden fast start, got to 10 wins by winning four in a row, should have won 12 or 13. Thank God I wasn't one of those guys. I didn't say I saw this coming and I saw them getting to the six wins because I had a front row seat to them losing five double-digit leads in the second half. Cut that in half, give the Raiders three more wins. They got nine wins, 10 wins. They're pretty much the same team. Pretty much the same team. And they got rid of the quarterback because the quarterback had a lot to do with the team winning six games. Not all of it. Not all of it. But in their evaluation, and their film study, he wasn't good enough to get $40 million going forward. And I agree with that. If Derek Carr would have won nine games and they brought him back and his contract was a little bit smaller and he was able to fix the contract, I was always good with Derek. I had no problem, but Derek, at this price point, I don't care what another team pays them. They have the right to go in another direction. So this is the Combine. It's an important week. It's my last show of the week. I got some family business to take care of on the other side of the country. I want to hear from you the rest of the show. 702-365-9200 on your goals of the Combine. Yesterday, this place was a bleeping morgue. There's a morgue. Like, you know, and I say, Bobby's like, do more LeBron. Do baseball. You're right. I'm going to do that if Raider Nation is not at the level of just, like, busting down this door to talk about the quarterback. You know, I, there's only so long I can wait as the guardian of the gate to try to get Raider fans excited in February and March. I think that it's a pretty good time to get excited with the combine because the spo- coach spoke today, and uh, not everybody agrees with this coach, and they're very critical of this coach. So let's begin with what he started off with, the interviews at the Combine, these interviews that start later on tonight and how important they are. I think that's really an important part of the impression that we get to make on each other here uh, to begin. You know, most of these players, um, you know, this is the first opportunity for them to meet us, uh, you know, and we, we started that process last night with the interviews and we'll continue that the next few days here. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly not long enough to make any decisions or anything like that on somebody, but you certainly get to know their personality. Uh, you get to know a little bit about their background, uh, what, what they love about football, 
And, you know, that's the beginning of the process for us. So it's the part that I enjoy the most about the combine is really just, you know, I now have an idea of, of what somebody is, is like. And then we just got to dig deeper here the next few months. Yeah, so they got to dig deeper here and they got to get these interviews and they got to be they got to be fruitful. These interviews, they got to get something out of this that give them an advantage going forward with some of these players. Uh, Coach McDaniels talked about the offseason as they try to button up this offseason. What's going on here as they look towards the future? I mean, I think there's always urgency at that position. Um, you know, look, the, the, the goal for us eventually is to have somebody that's going to be here for a long time. I think that, um, you know, you see the teams that are having success right now. Uh, in our league, I would say in our conference and specifically in our division. Um, you know, they're young players that were drafted by their clubs and they're being developed there um, under the same continuity. Uh, and so I think that eventually, yes. Um, do I think you, you know, you have to do that if you're not sure or not sold on the player and now you're making a mistake just to try to say that you're solving a problem? I don't think that's really a smart decision. Um, so we're going to do everything we can do to evaluate every player at that position, both in the draft uh, and free agency, and try to do what we can do to improve the room. I mean, there's certainly going to be a number of players added at that position. Uh, right now, only Chase Garbers is under contract. So um, we'll, we'll look at everything we can look at. Uh, but the goal eventually is to try to have a young player here that's going to be a Raider for a long time. That's a big deal as he's talking about the decisions that will be made in this offseason at the quarterback position. And a lot of Raider fans are breaking the internet trying to assume that he's going to take a young quarterback because that's what he said. Someone is going to be in the room, someone they could develop more on the future of the quarterback position because that quarterback could be in Indianapolis this cycle going through these meetings. He certainly could be. Um, you know, again, I think it's a very, it's a very young in the process, if you will. Um, Especially for me, you know, after coming off the season, um, there's other people in our organization, Dave Champ, his group, Brandon Urigan, that have scouted these guys extensively. Um, they know more about them at this point in time, uh, but that, that circle will get closed here shortly. Um, I'm really excited for this process because I'm going to get an opportunity to sit face-to-face -face with, with most of the quarterbacks that are here, or, or at least a good chunk of them, um, you know, and then we're, we're going to kind of recalibrate, and then uh, Dave and I will figure out exactly what direction we need to go with the rest of the spring. Yeah, and that's really important because he's counting on the scouts to have all the tape, break it down, have opinions. And now Josh McDaniels, for the first time, who's a quarterback guru and whisperer, fact, not fiction, Six Super Bowl rings in his safe, working with Tom Brady. So he knows more and has had more practice and more postseason games and weeks and championships than all those other coaches who are sitting down in front of these quarterbacks. Other than Andy Reid, maybe. There's not many. Sean Payton, who's there. Josh McDaniels got an advantage sitting down in front of a quarterback, and he's going to have to have his A game as he's listening. He talked about the traits that he's looking for in a quarterback as the Raiders are really trying to fill that new role. Uh, I think you start with leadership, um, you know, and, and you just saw our, our championship game, you know, played a couple weeks ago and, you know, two incredible leaders of their football teams. And I think that's very consistent among the, the best players at that position. you got to have a great leader. Uh, it's got to be able to, to, to have mental and physical toughness. Um, no question about it. There's going to be a ton of adversity in the National Football League season. And, 
whether it's physical things you're going to have to battle through or the, the mental toughness to endure a couple losses and keep going. And, and those kind of things are always going to be prerequisites for us. And it's got to be able to move the ball, score points, and take care of it, you know. And so um, when you talk about quarterback play, they need to get us in the end zone. We need to protect the ball from the other team, uh, you know, and ultimately we got to win. So um, there's a lot of things that go into playing this position really well. Uh, there's a lot of different people that can fit that those those traits and qualities and i think we've seen our in our league the last so many years you know the requirements have changed you know height size you know there's certain people that you know can do things with their legs that you know others got other guys can't um big arms you know less less than that something less than that so um it's not one size fits all uh but i think there's a lot of things you're looking for if you're going to commit to them all right, so that's interesting. A lot of Raider fans, not a lot, but I've noticed some thinking that that was a way to read into Derek Carr, him being critical of Derek Carr. No, it's not. He was just asked about the type of quarterback he wants. Don't turn it over. Be athletic. Make good decisions. Be a leader. You know, but Raider fans are thinking, oh, my God, he's, that's Derek Carr, what he couldn't do. No, he's ask, answering a question about the traits of the quarterbacks that he's looking at and what he wants to see which is important. Now, on the system with the dual threat, I think this is a very important soundbite for what Josh McDaniels wants to do, especially in the AFC West. I think the last four years have really been um, really healthy for me. Um, you know, went from Tom in 19 to Cam in 2020 to Mac in 2021 to Derek in 2022. So, you know, none of those guys are the same, um, really. And so I think just being able to shift and focus on the things that are their strengths, I think that's really important for us. Um, but, but our system is going to fit the player. You know, it's not a one, you know, they, they don't have to just, you know, be a specific set of traits. Um, if, they're, if they have talents that we can use in other ways, then we're going to use them. All right, so there's a lot of sound here I could talk about with the quarterback. And that's what I want to hear from Raider Nation today, if we can, on the quarterback and on the Josh McDaniels type of quarterback. Here's what you should all be wanting to gossip about and talk about. What do you sense is the, the quarterback that Josh McDaniels wants? Not that he's going to get, but what he wants, right? This is Josh McDaniels. What do you think he wants? Young, kind of a little bit older, mature, dual threat, runner first, can throw it, develop the thrower, but make sure he can run. This is what Raider fans need to be talking about constantly before they settle on a quarterback. Before they settle on a quarterback, do you want the small Bryce Young? Do you want the bigger AR? Do you want Levis, who seems to be pretty good? You know, more of a consistent guy? Do you want Stidham? Are you all in on Aaron Rodgers? Where are you at in regards to being the coach and try to get in his head? 702-365-9200. And, Bobby, if you could play 12 here, I want to get to the defense for a second because this was an important one. This is the one that I kind of stood up and said, he's talking about defense now, and we all know that the defense – needs to be improved going forward. And this is a soundbite that I circled that I thought is really important to set the tone of the offseason. That's, uh, honest to God, it's we're going to try to improve the competition at every position um, on defense. You know, we don't, our depth obviously is, is something that we need to improve across the board. But, look, we need tough, smart, explosive players, period. And we need to do that 
um, on offense. We need to do it on defense. We need to do it in the return game. Um, we have some good core components to our roster uh, that we can build around, but we need to get tougher, smarter, uh, more explosive, you know, with the people that are coming to our football team. And so um, there's not one spot that I would say, you know, is more, you know, that we're going we're gonna to stress this more than that. Uh, we need to get good football players every opportunity that we can, and we're going to take every avenue to do that. We need tough, smart, and explosive players. That's the soundbite and the statement right there. I've been telling you that behind the scenes for a while. Another example of the word smart. What does that mean about the last team and the last defense? What does it mean? I don't know. I've been hearing it from Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels on the record in front of a scrum of media. They want players who can adapt mentally in down and distance, who are athletic enough to make plays. All these players in the NFL are pretty athletic. They're pretty smart. They all have good opinions on what they can and can't do. He wants smarter ones than the Damon Arnett type player, which, again, I think that's really important going forward because you can put a smart player in a situation like such as Greg Beekert. Greg Beekert was not the most athletic player i ever seen, but he was a smart guy, and he figured out Peyton Manning's plays at the line of scrimmage. Let's get more of those guys in there, like Charles Woodson, who knows when to step into the box and doesn't need a coach screaming at him saying, get out of the box. Charles Woodson can play safety and corner. One of the top 25 players to ever live is Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson played multiple positions because he was smart. He had an IQ playing football that was so unique. Now, you're not going to find the next Rod Woodson, probably not, but you want a smarter player that can adapt to what they're trying to do going forward. So that's the monologue. Again, as it's brought to you by PTs, they fuel the monologue. Uh, let's hear from you on the other side, 702-365-9200, as we open up this off-season show with the Combine with a call to action. I'm not going to come in here and give you a call to action every day this summer. There are going to be days I'm going to sit here and go, look, this is what we got. This is who we're going to interview. This is what we're going to do. Uh, this is a call to action day because there's too many damn fans ripping this coach. You hear me? There's too many fans ripping this coach all the time. He spoke today and answered every question. And who has the balls to come on this show and then go, okay, I kind of like that or I don't like it and I'm out. Right? That's it. That's, that's why I'm fired up today. I came in the studio today because I said to Bobby, we got a big show today. Got Eddie Pascal from the Combine. Q came on yesterday. Vinny B's at the Combine. Why are they there? They're there to bring you content on the flagship. But today's content is about the coach. And the coach spoke. And there's a lot of bullies out there that want to bully all the time online. Well, I got nine open phone lines on this coach and what he said today. Let's hear what you got to say. 702-365-9200. It's the only type of radio I can do, Bobby. Can't wait for the phones to ring. Can't bring people in studio. I got to find out who the tough guys are, who the smart guys are. Who's, who's got something to say? It's Raider Nation, man. This isn't the Jaguars, right? This isn't the Texans. This is the Raider Nation. Tattoos, strong guys, cigars. You know, Raiders, man, wearing their colors year-round. Let's go. I'm here. I'm solo, man. There's no one in the building. <laughs> it's just me. They all went to the combine. You got me today. I'm excited to be here. 
Benjamin Brown will join us with the analytics of these young quarterbacks. Eddie Pascal live from the Combine as we open it up, brought to you by Remy Martin as we team up for excellence with everything that Remy does with that beautiful Quantro, the botanist gin, Serena Williams and the Super Bowl ad, and a proud partnership we have with Remy Martin. Good to be here. Don't even know what day it is. Just excited to be on the radio. It's Tuesday on the flagship of the Silver and Black. You, you never know. Uh, again, I, I, I stand up here and, you know, that was a tough decision, you know, with Derek at the end of the season, you know, because Derek's done a lot of good things. So, um, you know, do I want to sit here and, and say that I, I hope we can improve at that position, hope we can improve at every position on our team? I do. Um, you know, and then that's what we're going to work towards. That's definitely what we're going to work towards. No, but when you make a move like that, it's because typically you believe that you can be better at that yeah. position. Well, at this point in time, we don't know who that player is yet. Um, once we identify who's, who's going to be there, um, there's certainly – uh, an, an expectation that we're going to get good play out of that position. We have to get good play out of that position because if we don't, it's very difficult to win in this league. So um, that's my job, and that's what we're going to try to focus on. Yes, that's Josh McDaniel's job, getting more out of the quarterback position than what the Raiders have had in the past with a pretty decent quarterback in Derek Carr. JT, back with you. We're talking combine, young quarterbacks, other position groups. Uh, Benjamin Brown, kind enough to join us from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Ben Brown. Uh, ben, let me start with you from betting and data analytics and all that. When you look at these young quarterbacks, Bryce Young, some say, is too small. Richardson's big, but he isn't accurate. With the team that you have at Pro Football Focus, walk me through how you evaluate these quarterbacks and how important the combine throwing is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we obviously try to take into account everything. Like, you know, of course, the PFF motto is, you know, every single player on every single, you know, play, giving them a grade and kind of trying to determine, like, not only how well have they performed in that particular game, but how well does that project out into future success? And I do think, like you said, looking at, you know, the, the four or five or so top quarterbacks that are coming up in this 2023 class, like, there isn't the, you know, bona fide can't miss type quarterback prospect in this particular class. All of them have certain warts and certain, in certain instances. And I think that, you know, from PFF's perspective, trying to distill that and maybe, you know, bucket these players into certain areas and understand what they do really well. And then also what, you know, the areas in which they're going to struggle. And I do think the combine specifically can play a pretty major role in that overall evaluation of how well they can perform and in kind of not only some of the, 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 the traits and characteristics that can be really successful for mobile quarterbacks, but also some of the accuracy things as well. And just mm -hmm. how they're, you know, uh, throwing in shorts and a t-shirt. It is something that, it, you know, the NFL evaluators seem to, um, you know, at, at least put some stock in. So it's something that we're very much trying to distill, I would say as well from that perspective. You know, Ben, I was talking to my son who's a senior in college and he turned me on to the YouTube tape of Anthony Richardson against Georgia where he lost twice to Georgia, but the tape shows that his offensive line is getting destroyed, at times humiliated, and he's making unbelievable plays athletically, barely getting the ball out, but on time. And then there's other plays where the ball is nowhere near a receiver, and I'm looking at his footwork and his running ability and his size, 
when you look at that, when you see someone who, and Florida's got some good players, really good players, but Georgia, they had pro defensive players all over the field. How do you take that into account when a quarterback loses a game and you have some tape on him and you're just trying to find the nugget, those one or two plays? Yeah, I, I mean, it is very much trying to contextualize, you know, uh, and not so much like gravitating towards his really bad or really poor plays, but in some of those things, like you said, under, under duress, is he at least capable of, you know, navigating the pocket, maybe buying a little bit more time and actually even capable of kind of throwing the football away? So I do think you can gain information on how players are going to, uh, you know, play in less than ideal situations in some of those environments, even if it wasn't his best game. But his ability to, you know, instead of taking a 15-yard sack for a loss, being able to throw the football away, those are all things that I think are very worthwhile skills that we maybe haven't probably quantified well enough. But taking those things into account and, and avoiding the negative plays more so than just looking at the, the, the gaudy downfield throws and some of the successful plays, very much, I would say, uh, provides the most clear picture and framework for how that player is going to play, especially at the NFL level. And I think, you know, your takeaway seems to be pretty close to what a lot of people think with Anthony Richardson, right? Like there are a few eye-popping type plays, both in the passing game and, and with his rushing ability, that he is very much going to be able to generate some of these huge high-chunk type plays. But coming out of that Georgia game as well, to me, I, I think there's like a certain – high floor type aspect to him as well because he is so athletic and he is kind of has some prior history going up against NFL caliber defenders and maybe not necessarily having the most success but at least avoiding the types of plays that are going to leave his team behind the eight ball and I think that's what you're going to get with Anthony Richardson and a big reason why you know on top of where he's been from the throwing and running and those sorts of things why he is continuing to rise up draft boards and is very much probably going to land, you know, somewhere in the top five or top ten when it's all said and done after being, you know, a fringe-type borderline first-round draft prospect even just a few months ago. Ben Brown, kind enough to join us from Pro Football Focus. I'm pretty fascinated in Ohio State quarterbacks over the decades who have been a bust and some of them that have been good. It's kind of tough. you got to go through a lot of players who came in hyped up and then didn't perform at the highest level and – I like C.J. Stroud because I like him outside the pocket, and he makes a lot of big throws. But for me, with Ohio State players, they play in the Big Ten, and they don't—they run the ball so much there. And it's just ugly, pounded, Wisconsin, Illinois-type football. And then your quarterback throws to guys, if Ohio State's better than the majority of the Big Ten, who are wide open by 12 yards. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, how do you evaluate Stroud? He's made all the great throws, but a lot of it— a lot of it was against inferior competition in a running conference. What do you think of him when you look at the tape? Yeah, I think those concerns are valid. We have kind of seen that play out with prior Ohio State quarterbacks, right? Not only is the level of competition in the Big Ten drastically different than what an you know, SEC-type quarterback is going to face in a guy like Bryce Young at Alabama or you know any number of schools, basically, like week in and week out, Ohio State's just not tested as much. And if you're winning, you know, 30 point games and the, and the defense is very much keen in on that run, it opens up a lot of things in the passing game. And I think that's only exasperated when you have, you know, very close to, if not the best, you know, wide receivers potentially in the country facing off against, once again, defensive backs who are very clearly, I would say, probably, a, you know, a tier below what you're going to face in any given play in the SEC. So it is tough. I do think you look at it more from an accuracy perspective, but the, the, the windows do seem to be so much wider for Ohio State guys that you almost need to, 
in some ways ding them from an accuracy perspective and see that they actually provide a lot more than just hitting wide open receivers, you know, in downfield type plays and allowing them to make some of the yards after the catch. So I do think it's a different evaluation entirely than what you're going to see from a guy like Bryce Young. But I also think, you know, it, 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 it probably provides some basis for how well CJ Stroud did perform in that loss to Georgia. The fact that, you know, even though it was a lot of Big Ten competition throughout the year, at the end of the year, that was very much probably his best game. And maybe there is some emphasis that you can place and additional weight that you can place on that particular performance in kind of evaluating where he's going to land at in the NFL. But I think the clear distinction has to be that, you know, the receiving situation and the matchup that they have against defensive backs in the Big Ten is going to be nowhere close to the benefit that C.J. Stroud is going to receive at the NFL level. So I think you still have to look at some of those you know, tight window type throws and see how well he did in those particular situations before you can really say he's, you know, belongs, I would say, as kind of that number two overall quarterback prospect in this draft. Wrapping it up with Ben Brown, PFF. Uh, I went through last night on my show, I was talking about the quarterbacks, those second-tier quarterbacks, because Derek Carr's available, Aaron Rodgers potentially. But then you get to Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz, who was just released. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is a little bit higher up than that. But Jacoby Bursett, and we start going through this list, I think it's musical chairs and who's going to blink first. Wouldn't you want to get a guy like Carson Wentz on your roster now when he's really cheap and have him there as an elite, elite backup quarterback who you know can start and win games and what he's done in the past? Or you think there's going to be a waiting game because we're just so fascinated on the elite quarterbacks and where they're going to land first? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a balancing act because I do think in some ways we've seen maybe a seismic shift to the point where we might not have the, the, the teams place so much emphasis on kind of this veteran retreat quarterback option because of the fact that we have seen, you know, so many rookie deal type quarterbacks have almost immediate success and be able to kind of have the roster around them to be really successful. So I, I think maybe that's also a reason why we del- we're getting a little bit delayed because some, in some ways, teams are almost poised and waiting for that number one overall pick trade to potentially happen and then kind of remake the top end of the NFL draft. And then from there, you, you are going to understand if a team, for instance, like the Las Vegas Raiders, are going to have an opportunity to draft you know, the, the third or the fourth best quarterback at that seventh overall pick. Or if they do really need a strong backup and a, and a bridge type guy to somebody who's maybe further on down the line as like a second or third round draft pick. So I think the real hesitation more so than where is Aaron Rodgers going to land and where are some of these top end veteran quarterbacks going to land is who's going to end up with the number one overall pick. And then when that happens, how does that kind of shake up the rest of the top 10 as far as what teams need quarterbacks and who they're probably going to be selecting at those given positions that they're at. Last one with a player who looks like he's going to be available, Jalen Ramsey, to the rest of the league, a young guy who demands a lot of guaranteed money going forward. How do you get a guy like him? It looks like the Rams are in trouble. They need to get under the cap. They're reworking contracts. Everything Jalen Ramsey is kind of cryptically saying on social media is that he's probably going to be gone. How do you evaluate him? Is he still top three at that position outside the top five? He's young enough. He's under 30. He should have years left. Yeah, he, he very much, I would say, has a few years left. Obviously, you know, the fact that you still kind of have to pay him as well is obviously a consideration. So I think that might decrease the draft capital that you have to give up. But I think once you do land that guy, the expectation should very much three. You are getting, you know, a top three to top five best cover corner that can very much, I would say, you know, lock down an opposing team's number one 
maybe as good as anybody else in the league can right now. So I, I think the expectation has to be, you know, three to four more really solid years from Jalen Ramsey uh, before he's going to be over the hill at this point. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate your time. All the best. Enjoy everything that's happening in free agency, the combine, and uh, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Thanks, JT. Have a great show. You got it. Benjamin Brown. Very, very good. PFF underscore Ben Brown. I mentioned Jalen Ramsey there at the end because I think that's a perfect Raider. Perfect Raider. From time to time, I shake my head when I watch him play. You know, he got beat. He got beat in the Super Bowl and came back and made plays. But, man, if if the Raiders were able to get him and figure out how to do it financially, he'd cost a lot. It'd be so nice coming into this regular season to have Ramsey at one of the corners. And then if you want to go with Rocky Asin and you figure out the other corner, just knowing that there's one of the four guys out there, two corners, two safeties, and one of them's elite, that's what free agency's about. You're not going to get an elite player unless you use the seventh pick overall. And I don't think the Raiders are going to use that for the secondary. I think they're going to use quarterback or defensive edge or interior star at number seven. So what do you want to do for Jalen Ramsey? That's the type of player that, in the short term, I think the Raiders could be really good. Or do you try to find the next Jalen Ramsey and develop him? 702-365-9200. We're shut out today, huh, Bobby? Good. I don't get shut out. You know, so I, I could lose. I don't get shut out. So, again, you know, I, I, I want to I apologize for that monologue. That was, uh, where are all the tough guy monologues? Uh, you know, where are all the tough guys? And they didn't show up. So we, the tough guys didn't show up. So let's get the nice people to come in. You know, the nice people that are pleasant and are happy and they're enjoying life and listening to the show. Because I called out the tough guys. They didn't show up. I think they're out there working today. They're working because they're tough guys. You know, they had always something to say about the coach, but they're not here today. So let's change it up and try to get some nice guys and gals who can be happy today about what the Raiders can accomplish at the Combine. And if we get shut out from them, then we'll, then I'll go to the pitch clock in baseball. But it's Raiders, and we got Eddie Pascal coming up. He'll join us next hour, too, and some Combine talk. I don't think we're going to get Vinny on this week because I'm out of here, but Vinny has got a lot to say on his show in the morning with Heidi and Clay. And they do a great job. Also, the Wolves are at the door with Daniel Snyder. I think it's getting close for him to get voted out. Raider Nation Radio. I think you you definitely... Um, you know, you you can be served well if you if you have the ability to do that at quarterback. Now uh, we've seen that. Now um, I don't feel as a coach that that my job is to put all the pressure on the quarterback by not doing a really good job of designing what we're doing so that he has to move around the entire game and you know because there's nobody to throw to you know so. Uh, as coaches, we always want to give our players good options so they don't have to do that. But certainly the guys in our league that can extend plays and add time to the passing game, uh, create loose plays, or make yards with their legs in, in general, um, those are all tough guys to defend. Um, we, we've played a number of them, and, and they're not easy guys to, to you know put the clamps on. That's Josh McDaniels on the running quarterback as we're brought to you by the M Resort Spa and Casino. Uh, They are a big part of what I do here. The official hotel of the Silver and Black and a lot of the things we do with all of our alumni and alumni events. If you didn't get a chance, go to Raiders.com. 
they have Bobby put it up and they posted it. Freddie Bolitnikoff's 80th, a recap of it. So we have portions of all the interviews plus Freddie's interview. When Fred came on the day after his 80th birthday, he was overwhelmed with just a big heart and grace, and he wanted to thank everybody. So that's up at Raiders.com if you want to check that out. So there's Josh McDaniels from earlier today in front of the Scrum of Media at the Combine uh, talking about the mobile quarterback. A lot of people today, if you just listened to that and paid attention, it seems like they're going young with a mobile quarterback. Just today. I don't know if that changes. If Aaron Rodgers says he's not coming back to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is available, everything could change. But everybody who's picking apart what the coach said earlier today are trying to figure out what is he giving us clues. And I think that Josh McDaniels is too smart to give anybody clues. That's the one thing he can't do here. As a sharp mind of quarterbacks, he can't tip his hand to the other GMs and everybody else around the league where he's going. Cannot do that. He has to keep that close to the vest. But when you're getting interviewed all day long and people are asking your opinions, you got to give an answer. And you can't just say no comment. So he's kind of beating around the bush. He was on Sirius XM with Charlie Weiss. Remember Charlie Weiss, uh, former great coach for New England, also head coach of Notre Dame. I thought this was a good back and forth. Las Vegas Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing great. Um, look, I, you're shopping for talent at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um See any quarterbacks you like? (laughs) And good morning to you. Going right in there hot, Coach. You know, obviously, Charlie knows this. We love quarterbacks. And so, um, you know, we all all know we have a – uh, an opening there at this point now and mm-hmm. um, you know going to get that started tonight actually going to get to meet with I'd say six or seven of them good uh, tonight just to have an introduction and um, you know it's a long process there's a lot that goes into it but um, there's some quarterbacks to like that's yeah. for sure mm-hmm. so you have that choice now yeah you have these all these top heavy quarterbacks in this draft and then a couple of guys, a couple of pro free agents that are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I can think of a couple in particular that mm-hmm. that you that you would think fondly of. Yep. In your organization, is there, at this stage right now, do you think you're better uh, better suited to take a young guy that you can personally groom? Because we know, I know how good you are at doing that. Yeah. Or take a veteran guy who. You have to translate everything to them yeah. in a hurry. We're going to keep, honestly, both avenues or options. Um, and where, with where we're at now, um, you know, really, we only have Chase Garbers under under contract going forward. And Chase has obviously never played in an NFL game. So um, there's going to be some additions at that position. Um, and I would imagine, Charlie, it'd be both avenues that we go down to try to go ahead and uh, put some competition in that room. But there's no doubt in my mind that, the long-term plan here is uh, to have a young player um, that we can eventually develop and, and is going to be a, a Raider for a long time. All right, young player and a Raider for a long time. He said that to Charlie Weiss, who he worked with for a while. So that's an interesting point, too, that a lot of people are talking about today, trying to figure out if Raider Nation thinks there's anything to that. So I think it's divided from the Raider fans that I've talked to. And I spoke to a lot this past weekend. Had a couple of high-profile Raider Q&As and chalk talks where Raider fans were split. They wanted a drafted quarterback. They want Stidham. Or they want someone who's a veteran like Aaron Rodgers. And that's only natural. I think everybody, your emotions grab you. 
and on certain days you're going to want someone. I talked to really cool Raider fans from Raider Mike to Raider Mort, Chris in West Oakland, other guys who are my friends who text me almost every day, and they're all divided on this. Some want to win right now, and they don't want to wait another year or two. Others are patient. They think this is going to be kind of bumpy, but getting the right young quarterback could be the perfect scenario to making the team consistent. Remember when the Kansas City Chiefs got Alex Smith and they traded up to get him, but not in the top 10, not in the top five picks, right? They knew that they wanted Patrick Mahomes. They had Alex Smith, and Alex Smith is really good at that time. He's a very good quarterback with Kansas City. They saw Mahomes, and I know people that played on that team, when they saw Mahomes play in practice, it was obvious to everyone Mahomes was legendary. But they had Alex Smith there, and they wanted to let him play because he was winning. And the chance they had to make the move, they never looked back. And now they have a superstar at quarterback going forward. That would be a nice luxury to have here, is to grab that young quarterback who could be a potential superstar. That's either going to be Bryce Young, it could be Richardson or Levis, but I think C.J. Stroud fits the system of Josh McDaniels as good as anybody. And if that's the guy and he's going to go at number four to Indy, does Dave Ziegler got to jump Indy? Now, Indy's not going to let Dave jump him. Like, if Indianapolis is there and they want to get their quarterback and they get a call from the Raiders, they're probably not going to take that call and make a move. But if the Raiders trade up in front of Indy, anything could happen there. So mock drafts are getting updated. A lot of these mock drafts, including Mel Kuyper and Mel Kuyper's had a lot of good drafts and a lot of swing and misses, but he thinks the quarterbacks, four will go in the top eight. Four will go in the top eight or nine, and I agree with him. I think two are going to go in the top four, and then I don't know where Levis and Richardson's going to go, but I think they'll go before 10 because there's just going to be desperate teams that jump up there. Also reports are the Buccaneers are going to release running back Leonard Fournette, which playoff Lenny, I think that's a good move. They got a lot out of him. They got a lot out of him. And coming up at the top of the hour, the update on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the GM of the Packers spoke today, and they were very noncommittal. They don't know what's going on with him. They have no idea what's going to go on. They're waiting to hear from a player who's under contract. Waiting to hear from a player who's under contract. I'm under contract with a couple of different jobs. If I just made my bosses wait, they'd fire me. Or they'd, they'd release me or break my contract. You just You can't tell your bosses and the people that, you sign the contract with and who are paying you, I'll get back to you when I'm ready, unless it's Aaron Rodgers. It seems like unless it's Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else, I mean, the NBA is out of control because the NBA, they dictate everything to players. But in the NFL, there seems to be only one player that dictates the calendar in the offseason. Just one. Every year, it's Aaron Rodgers. You don't think that fuels him to do it again? That's why he's risky for the Raiders. I think he's worth the risk because he's great. But a lot of people are saying, hey, if you get Aaron Rodgers to come to Vegas the following year, he's going to tell you if he's not interested, and you're going to have to wait for him. Um, who cares if you got to wait for him? you got Aaron Rodgers. Who cares if you got to wait for Tom Brady? And who cares if you have the seventh pick in the draft, but you don't get the quarterback you want? The Raiders care, and they got to figure out if they're going to take a quarterback with their first available pick at number seven, move back, stay there, or move up. Eddie Pascal from the Combine next hour. This is the flagship of the Raiders brought to you by Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had.